Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. Schadenfreude, everybody must have screamed, ah, he's a sung hero. Little pushy pushy. Are you back? from listening to Stairway to Heaven twice. Now those are just words I looked up on the internet. Unreasonable Doubt, a podcast about West Virginia University basketball, starts now. Hello! What an exciting offseason, good and bad. From the studio in Nitro, West Virginia, this is Unreasonable Doubt. It's a podcast about West Virginia University basketball. I'm Josh Witt. I recorded the last episode of this podcast on July 25th. It's, you know, July's typically dead season. You know, West Virginia could have been at this point in Italy. Didn't. Totally understand it. But still, there's not a lot to report with that. Hey, this was the score against a team in Italy. I don't know what you do with that information. So we don't have that. But so much has happened. Since the 25th, Colorado goes prodigal son and returns to the Big 12. I've heard Boulder is beautiful. They have Rocky Mountains, so it's a it's a mountain state. Deion Sanders in your conference makes your conference more exciting. Basketball teams have been pretty good. Sneaky pretty good the last decade. All right, Colorado in. So you're at an odd number. You know it doesn't stop there. Then TBT. Best Virginia gets taken out by Heard That. Best Virginia's roster suffered a little bit in comparison to last year's roster. John Elmore gets his revenge. This is a transition year for Best Virginia. It showed in the performance. Exit Kevin Jones. Exit GM John Flowers. Enter Chase Harler into the GM role. Let's see where Chase takes it. It will be interesting to see what Best Virginia looks like in 2024. Will TBT come back to Charleston? That would be exciting. And heard that they made it to the Final Four of the TBT. They went to Philadelphia before they lost. So congrats to them, Coach Odd Elmore. TBT, that has been the oasis in the offseason desert. Uh, TBT did not get in the way of other news. I, I love TBT. I welcome it every year, but so much happening in July. So TBT happens. Then West Virginia picks up another basketball commit. I hope I'm not butchering this young man's name. Afri Nave, Afri Nave. He's from Israel, 6'7", wing guy. Know nothing about him besides his height and where he's from. 
welcome Offrey to the Mountaineer program. West Virginia is now up to 12 scholarship players, one scholarship left, but Mike Kazaza, uh, Kazaza, Abracadabra Kazaza. There's one scholarship yet. Uh, there's one scholarship left, but Mike Kazaza says West Virginia may keep going. They may, you know how we were talking about uh, prior to the events of June that West Virginia can go to 13 and add on more like NIL type scholarship, but it's not a scholarship. Thought that was off the table when the team was down to six players, and yet that still may be in the cards. So more dominoes to fall as far as additions to this roster. School starts this week. Fall semester starts soon. So if things are going to happen, they need to happen soon. And it sounds like things may happen. At least one thing may happen. Then we get to what most of this podcast is about this episode. The long-awaited Pac-12 deal gets presented to the presidents and ADs, and this has been talked about for a long time. Feels like a, a Wizard of Oz situation when you peek behind the curtain. Listen, when I read the numbers of this Apple deal that was presented to the Pac-12 presidents, it's a lot of money. But in... How this works is that when you see that number and it's less than the number that you can get in another conference, then it's not a good number. And so that number from Apple uh, made schools want to do their due diligence on, hey, can we get more somewhere else? And they did that. And Arizona, like, hey, uh, Big 12, can we come there? Arizona State and Utah, they felt lonely. They may tag along. Oregon and Washington to the Big Ten. Those talks, which we heard last year, they come back again. It seems like everyone at the last minute may possibly come back to the table, make a deal outside of Colorado, because that already happened. But obviously, hindsight, that was a leverage play by Oregon and Washington to get them into the Big Ten. Big 10 announces that, and then the same day later, Big 12 announces the additions of Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah, and they'll all join in 2024. 14 schools in the Big 12 this season, 16 schools once Oklahoma and Texas leave. It's insane. So much happening. All the time zones represented in one conference, which doesn't feel like a conference if I'm being brutally honest, but that's where the money's at. And so fans celebrate and drag other schools on social media like they get a cut of the money. <laughs> you don't see any of it. It just, I don't know from a fan standpoint what's to celebrate other than selfishly for Mountaineer fans, a sigh of relief that you're not the one that's afraid you're going to miss out on this round of musical chairs, but specifically basketball, these four new schools keeps the Big 12 in elite status. I mean, with Arizona coming in, just based on the last NCAA tournament, you now have two one seeds and a two seed represented in one conference. Harder and harder when the when the league or when the conference gets larger and you get the 16 schools, it's hard to harder to make the argument that you're the best top-to-bottom league. 
But if if they aren't, if the Big 12 isn't, the middle of this conference is a is a strong, a strong middle. So let's try to sort out this realignment news instead of me just yammering about it. Fellow smoking musket contributor Andy Facemeyer joins me. We talk about realignment. Check it out. The new West Virginia University sneakers are out. They do this every year. Nike, have you heard of Nike? The Pegasus 40s in WVU colors. Order yours now from our friends at Alumni Hall. Check the show notes for the link to use to get those sneakers. Alumni Hall. All right, Andy Faismeyer. Welcome to Unreasonable Down, a podcast about West Virginia University basketball. Well, thanks for having me on board. Uh, excited to t- talk a little bit today about WVU basketball, in particular, conference realignment extravaganza. So, dude, it's been it's been an extravaganza. As you're processing this, Andy, you know from initial reports, and this has kind of been reported over the summer. But then it got real within a two-week time frame, right? With Colorado leaving, and then Arizona's going to leave, and then they're going to bring their friends. So watching all this happen, especially last Friday and all the big moves that happened, just how do you process that? And specifically those four Pac-12 schools coming over to the Big 12, because numbers mean something. Yeah, <laughs> theoretically. Right. Um, so, you know, I think... From my perspective, I really thought that this was the move that made the most sense as soon as the, the, the news last, what, whenever that was last fall at this point, I don't, time is a fickle thing. Right. Um, but re- when, when USC and UCLA announced that they were, uh, you know, chasing Big Ten swimming pools of money, um, you know, it became pretty obvious to me that the, the pack. 12 was not going to make it. Um, they're just like, just for a lot of reasons. Um, and so the four corner schools made a lot of sense in a, a realigned big 12 um, for geographic reasons and, and competitive reasons. Um, I think, you know, a lot of people felt like uh, when, when pack 10, when the pac 12s media days, came and went without a media deal that that was really a um, a danger zone that that was uh, flashing you know flashing sirens that there was something up i think the longer that that went really honestly i feel like the longer that they went without a media deal was was things were getting suppressed what i will say is a couple things i thought that the rest of the moves would take a little longer uh, to be quite honest, um, just thinking back to our, just thinking back to the Big East breakup days, which this reminded me a lot of. This really reminded me a lot of what it felt like to go through the 2013, uh, 2012-2011, like that whole saga took a while to play out, right? Um, with Pitt and Syracuse sort of uh, we kind of thought that that was going to be Colorado and Arizona, but it turns out the Pitt and Syracuse were actually Oregon and Washington. Um, and that was the other thing is I felt really when, when Colorado announced, I thought that was the domino 
but I thought it would take a little bit longer. I did think at that point, uh, there's a lot of talk about, oh, the Big 12 needs to hold off on, on anybody else and see if you can get Oregon and Washington. I never thought that Oregon and Washington were going to want that for a variety of reasons. So I figured that they were, um, they were trying to see just what they needed to do to get that, that Big Ten invite. Um, so, you know, none of that really super surprised me, but just the arrogance, of, the arrogance and incompetence of the Pac-12. Like the fact that Stanford and Cal didn't say anything during any of this. And then, like, now they're chasing the ACC, which is beyond stupid. But, yeah, and then just all the reports about how, like, how played the AC, the Pac-12 commissioner and staff, like, how they tried to play, like, it sounded like what their, what their goal, what their, their aim was, was to get the people, was to get the Pac-12 leaders in a, a, a Zoom call and force them to assign the deal. Like, we're giving us Nike or, or uh Apple's given us a deadline. We got to sign this deal. And Oregon and Washington are like, <laughs> nope. <laughs> I mean, nope. just a wild turn of events. I mean, arrogance is a word that comes to mind. I mean, you're these are not schools that are, I mean, you think of Stanford and Cal Berkeley and schools that are held in wide regard. Check out U.S. News, college rankings for what that's worth. These are institutions that were that are on the outside looking in. And I'm not concerned. I feel like Stanford and Cal are going to land on their feet. I'm concerned about our friends in the in Pacific Northwest, the Oregon State, Washington State. They are living through the nightmare that that I think West Virginia fans would have gone through with realignment if Oliver Luck had not been the man in charge. Um, I don't think Ed passed along and that crew would have have steered us into the right situation i don't think that they were ambitious enough and so i i feel i feel really bad for the fans of those institutions and we were kind of joking about this on discord but man pat pat chun he has had a summer of interesting choices uh because he could have been at wvu and that you know at least the conference situation would have been great but uh there was a Another, you know, another issue. I don't know if you've heard about it, but we had our own issues um, this summer. So really just a, an, an interesting summer for him to think about professionally. Yeah, I mean, I think I think they'll be fine in the long term. I think Washington State and Oregon State will end up in, in whatever the Mountain West pack ends up being. I mean, I think it's just the Mountain West adds those two schools. And that's not great for them. I mean, in terms of the money is a lot different. Uh, although I think the Mountain West will end up, you know, I think since they will be like the Western brand, I think they'll probably end up with an improved deal over what they have now, uh, which isn't great by any stretch of the imagination, but it's better than, it's better than nothing. I, you know, I think there's been talk about Washington State dropping down. That's hard to imagine. Uh, that Washington State would drop down to to FCS level for football, uh, and hard to imagine them in like the Big Sky Conference for basketball. Like from a basketball perspective, neither of those two things look like they would be in you know the the Big Sky. As someone who works at a Big Sky institution, which is actually funny because I don't think Washington State or Oregon State would instantly be favored to win either of those conferences in either sport. Um, 
Oregon State's um, getting some football talk, but on the on the basketball side, yes, I, I agree that it would not be a sure thing. And um, and it's just it's sad. And and you know, you if you're Oregon State, Washington State, you look at Cincinnati as the example of how it can happen, right? Of feeling like you're taking a a lateral step or a step down, and then a couple of years down the road, like Cincinnati. It just enters the big 12 and then they're like the old, the old kid in town with these four new schools coming in. So a weird road to get to what seems to be a life raft in this realignment stuff. Um, so it's possible, but it's, it's definitely not something you want to hear as a fan in the moment. And so now Andy, we've got, we've got a four time zone conference. Technically How- five, about half the year. Um, because Arizona time uh, is its own is its own weird thing. Although I think that's going away with daylight savings time eventually. I don't know. It may not exist by the time that 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 they're actually in the conference. So I think it's. I think in those terms, I think the new Big Big Twelve is uh, obviously the premier basketball conference in the country. Uh, if it wasn't already, um, you're adding you know a, a tremendous basketball school in Arizona, another tremendous basketball school in Utah. Uh, Arizona State has a ton of untapped potential. We can talk about all that, but I think as far as the the product on the on the television goes, I think it, this was a smart move for the Big Twelve and one that just makes sense uh, in 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 a lot of ways. Uh, obviously, it creates some travel issues for. Uh, the four for the teams going west and and us going or us and you know us in Central Florida and Cincinnati a little bit, but you know I think our former head coach kind of put this, you know a five hour trip's not that much different from a six hour trip when you're on a when you're on a, a charter plane. So yeah, I think that you know the the I'm really excited about the future of the Big Twelve. I think for those of you who are who are not familiar, I live in Arizona. So I'm very excited about this move, uh, probably unnaturally so. Uh, but I think it's a, I think it's a, a really great for the conference. Um, you know, you pick up some really, you know, strong name brands, some, you know, exciting kind of things. We've got, we picked up two big rivalries uh, that are fun and exciting. Uh, the Holy War, it, it, for, for people who are not prepared for what a conference version of the Holy War is, because when it was a conference game back in the Mountain West days, it was brutal. Um, and then the Arizona, the the Territorial Cup is a, is a really fun battle uh, down here in Arizona. So I'm I'm super excited for that part of it. I think, um, you know, I think I think the Big Twelve made the move it had to move make, uh, and we'll see what happens. I mean, I don't realignment's not done. I think it's done for now. I think at least for the next couple weeks, maybe. Uh, I think it's done because I think the basketball, I think the conference is thinking really smartly too about if we're going to have a product, if we're going to try and sell basketball rights as a separate product, we want to make sure that is the the most competitive and the best bid that we can possibly put out there. So I think that that's why they think, why you'll see the next set of moves from the conference probably be more centered on basketball so some basketball only add-ons also 18 schools is really unwieldy i think the big Ten's going to find that real quick without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running everything would suddenly stop hospitals factories schools and power plants they all depend on you 
No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. But I think the benefits, I agree with what you, with everything you just said, Andy. I think that the my standing of West Virginia, and I've been speaking about this in a microphone and before that, since West Virginia boy joined the Big 12, is they're on an island travel-wise in the, in the entire time they've been in the Big 12. And they're still, you know, now Central Florida joins the party with that and Cincinnati. But it is from a basketball standpoint, especially for Kansas powerhouse, Kansas State, who's won the conference. The conference goes west. It is, it doesn't even it out. West Virginia still got more travel if it was a, if it was a contest. West Virginia still wins the travel contest uh, or at the top. But these other schools have got to move more. It's not just a one trip to Morgantown, and that's the extent of their crazy travel. They're going to Salt Lake City. They're going to Boulder. They're going, you know, the Texas Tech is going, you know, crazier travels, and they have their own issues. So I think in a just a, hey, woe is us. I don't know how we win the conference because of our travel. The, the gap shortens a little bit with these moves for the what I would say the powers in the Big 12 basketball wise, they're going to have more to move. And I think that helps West Virginia without all the stuff that we've dealt with in the offseason. But just on paper, gets them a little bit close together where I don't feel like West Virginia is on an island and this impedes them more than everybody else. It does bridge the gap. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think that's absolutely true. I think also having 16 teams actually helps us a lot because I think instead of having we're not going to play round robin that's not gonna that's not gonna be how Rest this works power. yep so uh which in a round robin there's something really nice about it i'm you know i'm a i'm a soccer fan uh, i watch premier league and you know everybody plays everybody you can talk about premier league fixture schedules but like everybody plays everybody um at least you know home and away and there's something nice about that that was nice about the Big 12, you know, that we could claim that everybody played everybody. We're the conference of, of every champion nonsense. Um, but on the other hand, I think for for us, and we saw it with the with the 14 team version that came out for next year, where we don't have to go, where we don't have as many awful road trips, right? You know, we get Cincy and South Florida, Central Florida twice. I would imagine that will continue uh, into the future. Um, and so, yeah, I think for West Virginia, like I can imagine that they will also try and do, uh, like a weekend, like they'll try and do both Utah, both the Utah schools and both the Arizona schools as like a weekend package. <clears throat> so you will play, uh, Arizona and Arizona state in the same weekend, just to make that travel a lot easier for like teams like us and same with Utah and because Salt Lake City and Provo are like 45 minutes from each other, I think. Um, Tucson and Phoenix are a little further apart, but, um, you know, for, for, for travel purposes, that's not a bad kind of like swing. Uh, and then you could just stay, you know, in the state for the, that, that travel day. We used to do, WVU has done that with when we do like Texas trips, right? So I would imagine, and quite honestly, we, we've complained a lot about schedule over the years. 
But to be perfectly frank, the Big, e, the Big 12 has actually accommodated us and our travel issues pretty well, all things considered. All things like, considered. Yeah, that's right. All things considered, like, yeah, you get a run where you've got, like, Baylor, Kansas, Texas, and Oklahoma in a row, and Oklahoma's somehow the easy game. Um, but that's just what this conference is. And in some ways, adding some of these schools actually will help that just a little bit. It will. Um, it, it's a different gauntlet, but when, when you take the round robin out and give, you know, and may, maybe UCF is in a different situation a few years from now, but getting them twice where other schools don't, with love and respect to the Golden Knights, it is an advantage in basketball right now. And it's just, you know, one time zone versus two um, and having more of that versus three and four time zone differences and being on the East and losing that time coming back. Uh, it is a benefit to West Virginia. So, and, and Andy, you're in Arizona. So mm-hmm. I know this is going to affect your answer. So specifically basketball, these four schools rank for you, your order of excitement of the four PAC 12 schools that have came over here recently when you see WVU versus that school on the schedule, rank them in order, excitement from most excited to, nah, I don't care. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I would have put Arizona at the top anyway, just because uh, all the history that Arizona has, you know, they're a, a great basketball, one of the, you know, one of the not quite blue blood, but right on that edge, right. Yeah, you know, right on that edge of being one of the top programs. Um, they play exciting basketball. Uh, they've got great facilities, a great place to watch a basketball game. So I think that's going to be, you know, right there. For me, obviously, Arizona State falls in second just because Tempe is a two-hour drive for me uh, versus the other places. And it's exciting to be able to see WVU. Uh, but uh, I think, you know, and I think Arizona State's a, um, I, I will say this, I think Arizona State has this weird sort of like, potential it is in a massive market they have access to a really good high school system both in basketball and in uh uh, football of of around the phoenix area is becoming a real recruiting hotbed they can still easily recruit california la area um they have a, a head coach that i don't really care for as a person uh who i can't believe they returned i'm which again, he's Arizona's, been like seven and eight, seven or eight years. He has, which is hard to realize that Bobby Hurley has been at ASU as long as he has. It's crazy. I think COVID broke my brain on that. But um, you know, I think that ASU will continue to be competitive. I think obviously moving into a ringer of a conference will be difficult for them. But I think it will actually elevate ASU. I think that being in this conference will elevate everybody who's in it because it demands that you keep up with the Joneses. Whereas in the Pac-12, you had Arizona and UCLA. That was the schools that were remotely good on a regular basis. Oregon, eh, you know, um, Washington, eh, eh. You know, Cal and Stanford haven't been good for a decade. Right. Um, and, and, the, and some of the teams that are coming to the Big 12, I mean, you look at Colorado's last decade, not not bad. Yeah, Colorado, I think, kind of hanging wise. in the NIT uh, early exits in the NCAA tournament. Not a bad program. And then Utah, sneaky, sneaky, good, Craig Smith really good program that That's had right. kind of fallen. I think I think they struggled to find their place in the Big Twelve in the Pac Twelve. 
Um, just they made some they made they had some weird sort of after Rick Majerus left, they didn't they struggled to really find who they wanted to be, I think. And uh, they're not quite there. But I think Utah will be a great, you know, a great is a great ad. BYU always has great basketball too. So I think that's going to be a really interesting kind of rivalry there. I think a lot of people don't quite know how consistently good BYU's basketball program has been. Uh, I mean, they played in the the WCC, which is actually pretty good. Right. Um, you know, people joke about the about Gonzaga's schedule, but mm, they actually play it. Their conference schedule has gotten a lot better. But, you know, I think, so yeah, I would put Utah above Colorado just because I think Utah, I think there's a little, and there's some history. There's some, I think that first WVU-Utah game could be a nice way to honor uh, Gail Catlett, actually, if we can, I think that would actually be a really good time to do that. If, if Ren, if you're listening, um, that would be a nice 98 flashback. Yeah, with yeah, uh, that, that would be a Miller, nice moment right. to maybe honor the, the Sweet 16 team and Gail Catlett. Um, you know, I think Colorado will be fun. I think all those, I think those will be great opportunities for our fans and for, you know, for those people. Uh, I really look forward to ASU traveling to Morgantown. Hopefully their athletic director will will make that trip. Um, that was such a weird, like, there's such a weird bunch down there. Oh, they are. It, watching that press conference with the, with the president and the AD, especially the president, it seemed like a comedy skit versus real life people. Like it's it really just weird. Was... Michael Crow has been president of ASU for 20 years, 21 years. He's been president of, of a major of one of the largest institutions in the country. So ASU, if you don't know, for folks who don't know, who are just learning about ASU, ASU has like 70,000 students. It's massive. And it's a huge, they've got a lot of online stuff. I mean, and their growth, Michael Crow has actually done a lot of that. Like growing them into this gigantic institution has been one of his things that he's doing. But athletically, they have just not, I don't know. I mean, they hired Herm Edwards. They hired Herm Edwards, the basketball program, like you said, with all of the resources and in a big city, it, it, almost like St. John's in a way of like, why isn't this better given where you're at and what the resources you have? And Patino may change that at St. John's, but the last 20 years, Arizona State basketball, it's been, I mean, it's James Harden and... Like they, I, they lost some game early in the season. I'm trying to think it was to like that. I, I don't know why they were even playing it. It was like one of those games, like, why are you, why are you doing this? <laughs> um, so yeah, I think it's going to be really interesting. I mean, U of A is, is interesting. Obviously I think, you know, they went through what could have been a cratering, you know, situation for almost any other program and managed to come out of it pretty quickly okay oh texas southern they lost in overtime at texas southern oh arizona state right yeah arizona there was state a handful lost. of uh power five teams that lost in road games to to swack uh, teams to a right. bad swack team like a 14 and 21 swack team that's not a team you should be losing at but why are you playing them on the road like just it was a strange thing but again i didn't know why I, i'm I'm unsure why they didn't fire him. Um, I don't know if it was a money thing. That might have been the actual answer to it. He, he hasn't done bad. I mean, for Arizona State standards, he's doing okay. Um, but 
we'll see. It's it's very exciting. So I'm going to – I appreciate your time, Andy. I got one more question. Selfishly for West Virginia, because this all feels like, like you said, it's over for now. Maybe whatever happens with Stanford going to the Atlantic Coast Conference, you can't make that up. But for West Virginia, the more rounds of this is going to happen. We all know this. In five years, if we had a conversation on microphones, Andy, would we be happy with where West Virginia is at in the college sports landscape? Opinion. I think I, I think so. Um, I think that for West Virginia fans, this was probably the first round of conference realignment in 10 years that we haven't felt like we were on the verge of the abyss and that we made this through without any real drama on our side which given this summer has been good um i think we will i mean i don't think i don't think anything is happening for west virginia conference wise unless there is a seismic shift in in funding and the way in which conferences and athletics pay for their pay the bills I don't foresee the SEC, which is of the two of the two leagues above the Big 12, um, which I guess that's my hot take. Um, I don't see the SEC making any additional moves that aren't just rating the ACC. And I don't imagine the Big Ten adding anyone else whose name is not Notre Dame. And so unless the conferences just really completely collapse, I don't, I don't foresee that. Cause I don't think we're ever going to go to the ACC. I think it's, I think the ACC is in a very precarious position and they should probably be lucky that it was the PAC 12 and not them that fell apart this summer, uh, which they can thank the SEC for not wanting to deal with Clemson and Florida state. I think for that, but um, yeah, so I don't think that we're, you know, again, barring just like a complete seismic realignment of conferences, I, I don't, I think we will still be in the Big 12. And I think we will be overall happy about the direction that it's been in. I think adding Cincinnati and Central Florida are going to make a huge difference, both in football and basketball. Uh, you've got a, a, a road game to Cincy you can drive to now. Um, it eases up some of the scheduling issues. And Orlando is not a, you know, a hop, skip and a jump. It's. It, I just the $90 the, flight from, from, but Clark. it's, <laughs> if I could picture it as the $90 flight, uh, direct and coming back without losing a time zone, that, that is a, that is a win for WBU. So it's crazy out there. Uh, what a wild of all the off seasons, Andy, uh, to be doing podcasting. You know, I'm I'm grasping for straws in July, and for good and bad, this off season has been not quiet. It's been crazy, a little, busy. A little busy. Yeah, I have a lot to say about the transfer portal, but I think I think the one the one sort of restrictive com like suggestion for restriction that I think is valid actually came from coaches, and I forget which one it was, like who it was. It was one of the like bigger coaches. Was like I don't have a problem with the idea of the portal, but can we at least get rid of the like some of the periods because this is killing me. Like just the stress of constant recruitment is just. Yeah. And I think they'll I mean, read that. Been, in. It's been yeah. a little bit to our benefits. 
Oh, uh, it has. I'm Absolutely. I'm looking at you, Georgetown. I'm looking at you. Yeah. Um, wink, wink. That's right. Yes. Looking at y'all. <laughs> Country Roads Trust, you know what to do. Andy, I appreciate you talking it out with me. Thanks for joining me. And you're, of course, you're welcome back. Thanks for joining me on Unreasonable Doubt, a podcast about West Virginia University basketball. Big thanks to Andy for joining me on the podcast. Twitter is called X now. There's no bird. All of that's gone, except it still exists. But here's what I here's my issue. I don't want to say out loud, find this person on X. It just something, and I don't want to explain why. It just sounds wrong. So I'm not gonna do it. Find Andy on Twitter at StatsBoyAndy. S-T-A-T-S-B-O-Y-A-N-D-I. If you know, you know. And if you don't know, you don't know. That's it for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. Listen on all the platforms, Apple, Spotify, Overcast, Amazon, YouTube. Until next time, I'm Josh Witt. Josh Eilert, as a head coach for West Virginia University, he has zero wins and he has zero losses. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.